There are many takeaways in the Chargers' win over the Falcons, but the biggest one to me was for the first time since his injury, Justin Herbert looked like Justin Herbert. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen today. And as always, to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And David, I think we start today's show when doing buy or sell like we always do on Tuesdays. And it's just this, is Justin Herbert back or Justin Herbert is back buying or selling that? We're also going to get into if Austin Eckler has now shown that he could have a potential another 20 touchdown season after doing it last season, which would be almost unprecedented if there wasn't a guy named LT. But we'll also talk about the other running back, Isaiah Spiller, who I thought, even though the box score was modest, I think showed a lot in that game and would think we need to see more of him. And if it's time to kind of let go of hoping that the Chargers run defense is going to improve at this point, especially now knowing that Austin Johnson is out for the season. We'll also get into Michael Davis's good showing because I do think he showed at least for this last game, he was ready to step up as CB2 for the Chargers. But this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. They have a special offer for my listeners if you go to betterhelp.com slash lockdown, you can get 10% off your first month. All right, David. Well, the biggest thing to me, as always with this team, it's always centered around Justin Herbert. And I think one of the things that was scary after the injury, the fractured rib cartilage, was just the fact that he didn't look like himself. And it's always hard to parse because the offense was bad at times, right? The play calling was bad. And then he just straight up was missing them some throws. But today's buy or sell is this, David. Justin Herbert is back. Yeah, and I'm excited and happy to say that I am buying it, and it's because of the health, Daniel. You can clearly tell that Justin Herbert is feeling more like himself, and Coach Brandon Staley basically said after the game that the Chargers had to adjust the way that they called games because of the limitations brought on by Justin Herbert's injury, so they had to take some things out to be able to try to keep their quarterback on the field. I mean, that was very important. And they said that they were at a good enough point to be able to activate some of that stuff down the field. So I think you saw some great mobility by Justin. I think you saw some trademark velocity and just the ability to take some shots. I think this is a great sign doing this with Josh Palmer as your number one wide receiver. Just imagine what it's going to be like with Justin Herbert back healthy with Mike Williams and hopefully Keenan Allen back on the field altogether. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think just health-wise, like, I thought the body language was much better. Like, yeah. that first game when it first happened to him, it was obviously awful, right? You could see him yeah. wincing after every throw. But yeah, like, you could tell. You could tell in his, like, body language in the pocket, right? And just his calmness in the pocket and things yeah. like that. Before, you know, the injury, it was much better than right after he got injured. It seemed like he was bailing out of the pocket a little earlier than he normally would. He yeah. still had the insane pocket presence for the most part, but it seemed like he was getting out of there quickly. His progressions were speeding up for sure. That was something that was coming. 
seemingly because of that. And obviously the offensive line not playing great as well. But yeah. I do think that there's a few throws where it's like, oh, dang, like you see it. Like, I mean, even that incomplete throw in double coverage, which is not a good throw to DeAndre Carter that went like <laughs> 80 yards. Like, it's like, yeah. okay, well, he can still uncork at 80 <laughs> yeah. yards when he needs to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's a few to me. I mean, the Josh Palmer throw at the end of the game was good. Oh, it's just right. Money. I mean, that, that was, was a good a money one. throw. It might not have been a top three throw for him on Sunday. Like, there was yeah. even more ridiculous Crazy. throws. I mean, he had one rolling out to his left defender in his face josh palmer on an in-breaking route wasn't even open yet had the safety crouching crashing down to get in front of it potentially and he just rips a laser to him it ends up being a first down most quarterbacks don't even attempt that throw daniel no. but it's justin <laughs> most herbert out there shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. exactly but it's justin herbert out there and he can make those throws and so that's why he does it 100 percent. and like justin herbert is one of those you know, guys where it's like you can only show other quarterbacks so much film because there's just certain throws where it's like, yeah, he can do that, but you can't. Buddy. You can't. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you don't even, there's like a section that you're not even showing all these other Let me show, kids let me show you these. Teach. These are more like what you can do. And then right. this is Justin Herbert. Exactly. It's like, I mean, some of them are just silly. I mean, the one he added, DeAndre Carter, just tiny window in between oh, two man. defenders, opening up Yak because he got it there so quick. And both guys thought they'd have a chance on it because most guys can't fit that ball in there. Yeah. And both the guys were left, you know, sad afterwards because, I mean, <laughs> it goes to DeAndre Carter. He makes the catch and he's getting yards after the catch. But to yeah. me, David, one of the biggest things was him showing once again that even though you don't want him to do it, he can put this team on his back when he needs oh, yeah. to, right? Or if he needs to. And he elevated the other players around him, which is always a sign of a great player. Like I saw Justin Herbert elevate a bunch of, you know, borderline practice squad dudes and like whatever the Chargers have left right now. He yeah. elevated those guys and they looked like a regular NFL offense and it should have had a, a better points day, too, I thought. Oh, it yeah, definitely. I mean, hey, if if Justin Herbert doesn't have three or four of those just really bad, obvious drops yeah. by the Chargers skill position players. We're talking about a completely different stat line. I mean, the, the throw that he hit to Gerald Everett, you know, we talked about on yesterday's show. That was a big one. That could have been a 30 plus yard completion right yeah. there. And there's really no excuse because it hit him directly in the hands and there was no defenders anywhere near him. So that's just one example as to how Justin Herbert was feeling yesterday. It, he was definitely in a much better space, which is nothing but good news for the Chargers offense going forward. 100%. I mean, it, it, doing that without Mike Williams, without Keenan Allen, without, you know, Donald Barham, another offensive playmaker. That's I mean, the, the quarterback. Chargers, yeah, 100%. And then, like, without your star left tackle, like, all of these things, like, that's such an impressive performance. Like, I thought he was just awesome on Sunday and really put the team on his back at certain moments, especially there towards the end, right? And they didn't oh, yeah. end up getting touchdowns there. But at the same time, like, those dudes, like, you can't even really explain, like, how much he was kind of having to fight through you know like how much the drop off is between guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being able to make someone like Joshua Palmer right look like a wide receiver one for a week right that's Justin Herbert elevating the players around him and I thought that's super yeah. important for this team to see especially yes. after his injury and this is the first time we saw it really yeah I mean for sure and Josh Palmer deserves a lot of credit he does he was nasty on some of those routes too but oh man Austin Eckler, speaking of nasty, has been insane, right? And there was definitely, I mean, a lot talked about in the broadcast about his slow start, which was zero touchdowns in the first three games, right? And then 10 touchdowns Explosion. in the next five games. Yes, he's been <laughs> averaging two touchdowns a game over the last five games. It's insane. And now it's time to ask the question, David, and here's the buy or sell today. Austin Eckler will reach 20 touchdowns again this season for the second consecutive time. Yeah, I, I think there's a really, really good chance that that could happen. And it's the re and the reason for that is because, hey, 
you don't know when you're going to get Keenan Allen back. You, you know, you're not sure when you're going to get Mike Williams back. Yeah. And the biggest red zone threat on this team, even with those guys healthy, is Austin Eckler. He is a touchdown vulture. He's in that rhythm. I think the Chargers realized very quickly that I understand they, they wanted to maybe do some load management with, with him to probably try to get him towards the end of the season. But they also need to understand that he's a major catalyst of this offense and the Chargers go as he goes. And he's been on fire the last several games. There's nine games left in the season. I don't see this, the production slowing down. I mean, maybe they might eat into his touches a little bit, but in the red zone, it's not, you know, he's still going to be featured heavily. I am going to buy the fact that you're going to have a back to back 20 plus down 20 plus touchdown seasons from Austin Eckler. Yeah. Which is crazy because LT only did that once in his career, right? Go back to back years with 20 touchdowns. He only had two years with 20 touchdowns. LT it's did impressive. Right? Talking about one of the greatest running backs of all time. Yes. He did that in 05 and 06. He ended up having 21, one season and he had the ridiculous 31, the next season, the NFL record. It's, wild. it's crazy too. One of the things when I was looking up, you know, Austin Eckler thing, uh, stats and stuff like that is Austin yeah. Eckler, has 28 receiving touchdowns in his career. LT for his entire career had 17. What? Like, that yeah, is that's... wild. And obviously, Austin Eckler is more of a receiving back. Sure. But LT was that kind of revolutionary, I can do both kind of a back. I can right? do it and, all. Yeah. And Austin Eckler has a long, long ways to go catching up in the rushing touchdown yeah. department. But at yeah. the same time, I mean, that's just crazy. He only needs 1.1 touchdowns the rest of the, in every game for the rest of the season. He scored two touchdowns a game over the last five games. If he scores 1.1 touchdowns over the last nine games of the season, that he'll get 20 touchdowns again. Like, so that's pretty crazy yeah, that he's I'm, in this I'm spot taking right the now. over. I'm taking the over. But you, like you said, I mean, who else is going to be getting these touchdowns, right? That's a yeah. very, very relevant question. But mm -hmm. there's another running back who could be eating into some of those red zone touches, and that is Isaiah Spiller, who I thought, even in a limited role, really showed some nice things on Sunday against the Falcons. And I think he deserves some more touches in this offense. So we're going to get into that in the Chargers run defense still being very, very bad coming up after this. But this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. One of the things that really helped me during the pandemic was being able to use BetterHelp remote therapy to help out with all my therapy needs and really help me take care of my mental health. Fortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's very normal to feel stuck and everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. One of the things that I love about therapy is it definitely helps take some of the burden of your everyday life on just being able to talk to someone. And with BetterHelp, being able to talk to someone whenever. You're not stuck you know, trying to schedule it into your busy schedule. You can do it whenever you want because you're doing it remote from the comfort of your own house. And another nice thing about it is it's very, very easy to try out different therapists and get the one that's the right fit for you because that's such an important part of therapy. You're not always going to get the one you need on the first try, right? It's not always a fit. With BetterHelp, you can go and get as many different therapists before or as you want until you get the right one. I think that's nice. It's convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. And with BetterHelp, it might take a few tries, but you will find the therapist you that, that you need. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. Well, we talked about Austin Eckler, who is obviously the main bell cow back for the Chargers this year. But one of the things that we knew going into the season was the Chargers needed an RB2 to step up. And Josh Kelly makes the remarkable improvements that he did over the offseason. And he totally took that role and ran with it, no yes, pun intended, in the offseason and absolutely earned that role. Pun intended. And we weren't even... I mean, I didn't <laughs> either way, but 
it didn't even seem like at first he had beaten out Tony Michelle, right? Because I yeah. mean, it didn't wasn't really clear where he was at in the pecking order just because of the game flow of some of these games and how many carries they were getting. But he was definitely that guy, and he did really good in that role. And then he went on injured reserve, and the Chargers need someone else to step up. Tony Michelle got the first crack at it. In his first game, Isaiah Spiller had one carry for negative five yards. That was our introduction to Isaiah Spiller in the NFL. In this game, they, though, David, I thought he was much better. Seven carries for 29 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. But it was the way he got it. So yeah. the buy or sell is this. Isaiah Spiller showed Sunday that he deserves more snaps and a bigger role in this offense. Yes, yes, yes. Thank God they finally gave him some snaps. They gave him 13 snaps in this game. He got you know, several rushing attempts and it's what he does in between the tackles. And it's something that we've talked about since Isaiah Spiller became a charger. This is something that he's done very, very well in college. We wanted to see it in the NFL felt like this would be a good compliment to what Austin Eckler does. And he showed it. He showed it. He showed the strength. He showed the contact balance. He just doesn't go down on first contact. He's always falling forward. These are the things that we saw in college. We are seeing it now at the NFL level. It's very nice, but also, you saw the pass protection, too. You saw him just stonewall some people. And I think that was probably the the one thing that's just you look at that and you say that is what's going to get this kid more opportunities to run the football. If you can protect the golden boy, Justin Herbert, then you're going to get the rock a lot more often. Yeah. Shout out to Matt Money Smith, who put a clip out there of Isaiah Spiller stonewalling a linebacker that was blitzing from the Falcons on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that is the biggest clear advantage that Sony Michelle has over the rest of the Chargers running backs, right? I mean, he is the best yeah. pass-protecting running back that they have. Austin Eckler is good. Isaiah Spiller, though, is a rookie, and that's one of the biggest learning curves that you have coming from the college to the NFL ranks is being able yes. to pass-protect. It's such a big part of it. We know he's a really good receiver, and I'm excited to see that part of his game as well, which I want to. But yeah. the 4.1 yards per carry, I mean, people are like, you know, one game of 4.1 yards per carry, and you, you know think this guy needs to get more, and it's like, yeah, if you just look at the box score, but it was the way he got it. And, and yeah. the thing is, there were several of his runs where there's no space. You know, there's yeah. guys hitting him behind the line of scrimmage, and he's finding a way to turn a two-yard gain into a six-yard gain. He's finding a way to turn a negative two-yard loss into a three-yard gain. And Super I think that's valuable. just the biggest difference, right? Because yeah. with Austin Eckler, he's, you know, pound for pound, one of the strongest guys. We know yeah. that. That's his nickname. Sure. But at the same time, though, he only has so much mass, right? right. Like he still yeah, has you only hit so him much flush, body I mean, you're going to get him on the ground. Well, especially you know? if you can get him before he's, you know, starts going, right? He yeah, needs momentum yeah, to kind of deliver yes. that hit. And if he gets Absolutely. stopped behind the backfield, that's one of the things we see with Austin Eckler. A lot of those runs end up going for no yeah. gain or one yard right. or something like that because there's yeah. not enough room for him to get that runway. Isaiah Spiller kind of makes his own runway, right? He finds mm -hmm. the holes. His vision is better, I think. I think he has a chance to be the best pure rusher on the Chargers right now which is really good, especially with your receiver help. There was multiple occasions where the Chargers had two running backs on the field during that last game against the Falcons. We hadn't seen much of that before. Getting him and Austin Eckler, like they could be two of your top five, you know, offensive weapons potentially. Yes. So I'm interested to see awesome. that, but I was very impressed with that from him. On the flip side, not very impressed with the Chargers run defense. I mean, another 200-yard game given up by them, 201 yards allowed. They give up their sixth, sixth, 40-plus yard run of the season in the last game. And the linebackers, to me, David, are a big part of it. I mean, too many players getting stuck on blocks. Here's the thing there. But there was always maybe some hope that it could get better. So the buy or sell is this. It's time to give up on the Chargers' run defense improving dramatically. 
Yeah, it, it does feel that way, unfortunately. The last three games, the, the Chargers have given up 170-plus rushing yards <laughs> on the ground, which is towards the bottom of the league, obviously. They're giving they're not dead last in rushing yards allowed, but they're fourth to last. So it's not it's not very it's not it's not like it's far off. And and unfortunately you lose Austin Johnson for the year who was one of your better run stopper. You know, it didn't maybe feel like that because of all the, you know, 40 plus yard explosion runs that they gave up, but a lot of those runs didn't go that far because Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day were getting that premium push in the middle and unfortunately yeah. that's going to be gone. So that's going to be someone that's going to be really hard to replace. The Chargers are going to have to cycle through a couple of different bodies to try to find the right combination. Yeah, and I think it sucks because Austin Johnson kind of was exactly what you wanted and what you needed him to be, and it just wasn't enough around him to really kind of show, I think, how good he's been because, I yeah. mean, I think he's probably been the Chargers' most consistent edge, or at least you know, run defender on yeah. the inside. I mean, Khalil Mack's always pretty good. They're running yeah. a lot of times away from Khalil Mack is the, the basic strategy makes sense. they're going yeah. with right now. <laughs> you know, or wait for a time where he's going to be rushing way upfield and kind of going right. underneath him, but Austin Johnson was really solid. I mean, defensive tackles are always hard to gauge, but like the dude yeah, didn't give up heroes. space. I mean, he's he's eating double teams in the middle. And yeah, I mean, we'll see if it's, I mean, it's probably going to be Christian Covington. I mean, that's the the most likely, you know, guy. Maybe it's more Morgan Fox, right? Yeah. He's definitely more of a pass rush specialist, but I could see it being probably those, you know, two guys plus Sebastian Joseph Day being kind of the main rotation, but it also means a bigger role for Tito Abonia. Yeah. And it probably also means a call up for Braden Fehoko, David. So, yeah, it's hard to say it's going to get better. I mean, you're probably you still have, you know, teams like the Titans on the schedule. You have Christian McCaffrey this week. So I think there's only one one player that could come back and make it make a difference. And and that's Joey Bosa. Right. Joey Bosa is a proven run stopper in this league. He's just as good as a, a run stopper as he is as a pass rusher and you know i think when he comes back you'll be able to shore up some of that edge work but of course not gonna be able to help in the middle but yeah joey bosa yeah. is the only reason why you would feel like maybe this run defense can get a little bit better joey bosa is going to be a huge help to the chargers run defense it's just like if they run you know it's still one of those things it's where not one enough player, right? one player can't enough. fix it you yeah. know it's not it's the Chargers run defense is not one player away i mean they were no. the worst run defense in the league last year so yeah. they obviously had a high hill to climb. But when you have guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, right, and Austin Johnson, who are really upgrades over the guys you had last season. Oh, yeah. The focus, and I guess the blame goes somewhere else. And to me, I mean, Kenneth Murray is still a major liability yeah. <laughs> in run defense. Like, yeah, it's just he's, the he's dude still, still runs straight into blocks. Like, yeah. it, you sometimes you see him making the right read, and he's just running right into a block. Like, almost every big run can be traced back to some. It's not always all his fault. I mean, right. and Drew Tranquil had some bad moments on Sunday as well. I mean, neither yeah, one of them are totally in the hole for a touchdown. Well, that yeah. one too. Yeah. But like he had some time. I mean, neither one of them is good at stacking and shedding blocks, right? No. Like, that's one yeah. of the things you have to be able to do as a linebacker, right? You either have to read and react so fast that you can beat the offensive lineman to the spot where the ball carrier is going, or you have to be able to stack the guy, get him off of you, and then yeah. go make a tackle. And the Chargers right. aren't good at that. The linebackers are getting caught up. By guys at the yeah, second they need to have level, better just eyes. following them they, up. They, they need to flow better with with, with the running backs and, and the blocks. It just seems like yeah. they get sucked up and, and they get really caught up in the mess. Yeah, they it's just bad. Stay free. No, it, it's it's a mess. I mean, they do get caught up in the wash way too much, and both yeah. of them are you know to blame uh, to some degree, right? It's just for yeah. Kenneth Murray. It's just like okay, I mean, it, you can't really teach eyes and, and reactions right. and, and you know 
the presence of mind to be certain places at certain times, the instincts it takes to be that position, right? And it's just hard to say that you're seeing those instincts. At least, you know, Drew Tranquil, you see it, right? He shoots in. Oh, yeah. He makes some plays in the backfield. He does that from time to time. With Kenneth Murray, it's just way too much of him getting washed away in the running game. And it's just the Chargers are worse off for it. And it's hard to imagine, you know, unless maybe, you know, they start switching things up, you give Troy Reader some more snaps, unless they can do something like that. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I mean, he he looked really strong in, in the preseason, and he looked strong in training camp. I mean, I mean, Troy like Reader is what he is. People. He's a very unspectacular player, right? I sure. mean, we know that. Like, it, it, obviously, we know what we're doing but if hey, we're clamoring I mean, for a guy who's been bad. Like, assignment sound would right. probably be a little bit of an upgrade over what we've been seeing from Kenneth Murray. Super average athletically, obviously, Troy Reader is, but I'd rather have the super average athletic, you know, dude in there being in the right spots. Exactly. Then Kenneth Murray running himself out of place, running into blocks and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it just obviously we're in year three now of Kenneth Murray. He's dealt with a lot of injuries and stuff, but like something has to change there. They're not getting enough out of their linebackers at this point. And no. Drew Tranquil, I thought, in a lot of ways, has played really well this season. Yeah. And still with the two of them, that combination, it, it's just not working for the Chargers yeah. right now. But we do have more to get into, including on the defense. One guy really showing up in the last game, and that was Michael Davis. Really the entire secondary trio shut down the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. So we're going to talk about that. And if Michael Davis showed he is ready for that CB2 role, and we're going to get into if, if the Chargers should be ecstatic if they could just win one of these next two games against the Chiefs and the 49ers. We're going to get into that coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys about my favorite daily fantasy site, and I'm talking about Price Picks. What I love about Price Picks is one of the problems I've had with a lot of daily fantasy sites, right, is you pick your lineup, you do all these things, and then you go up against some dude who has like seven of the same players as you, and you're just hoping, you know, the three players you have different can go and win you that game. With prize picks, you're going up against prize picks. You're going up against their projections. All you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you win, and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. If you guys are looking for something for Sunday night football, you can project whether Justin Herbert will have more than or less than 260 and a half passing yards, or if Austin Eckler will have more or less than 45 and a half rushing yards. But it's not just football. You can go NBA, you can go MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, even college football. You can find projections for there's a ton on there as well. I mean, you can go receiving and rushing yards more than or less than. You can do fantasy points more than or less than. There's so many great things at Prize Picks, and that's why it's my favorite daily fantasy site. So go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you put in $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Continuing this buy or sell here, David, I wanted to talk about someone who really stood out to me, and that was Michael Davis in this last game, number 43, Vato, showing up for an injured J.C. Jackson. I mean, let's start here. The Falcons' pass offense is not good. You know, like that is a thing. They missed some throws. You know, there were some guys open that definitely got missed. At the same time, they tried to pick on Michael Davis in that game, and he just wasn't letting it happen. Michael Davis in this last game, nine targets, Three catches allowed on those nine targets, right? On 27 snaps, he only allowed 18 yards. Passer rating of 42.4 when they were targeting him. And a couple and of nice pass seven, breakups, too. Exactly. And only seven yards allowed after the catch, too. So even when he was giving up catches, three catches, he's given up, you know, to about two yards after the catch per catch. That's pretty much nothing. So that'll work. That's great. I mean, it's awesome. But David, Michael Davis showed he's ready to be CB2 for this team after one game, really, one good game. Are you buying or selling that? 
Yeah, I'm not buying it yet. I'm not buying it yet. But here's the reason why I have some motivation, uh, you know, seeing what I've seen with my eyes here with Michael Davis. He this is a kind of a pattern for him. You know, when he first came into the NFL, it took him a lot of time to be able to establish his foot footing in 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 the NFL defense and the defense the Chargers were running took him some time. But then when it really clicked, it seemed like it really clicked and it, everything really came together. You saw the speed and you saw the length and you saw the confidence in what he was doing, what he was being asked to do. I think that's where we're at now. I think it took some time for Michael Davis to understand this defense, to fully understand all the techniques, to understand where to be. I think that's where we're at with him now. The first year, you definitely saw a lot of struggles with him, and a lot of that had to do with. I mean, he's an undrafted free agent, right? Yeah, like, he's an undrafted free agent, absolutely. You know, and you know he he's felt you know he's battled this you know this you know resilience his entire life in the NFL, and, and he's been able to come out and really play quality football and yeah he got a pretty decent contract right and so you know he, he got benched and i'm sure that's motivating too to be able to get back on the field and show everybody hey you know i'm still here i still deserve to be on the field i can make a difference and you are seeing that if that continues against some probably some better quality wide receiver play <laughs> then maybe i'll start to buy it uh, but i i do see some positive things to that might suggest that we could see that continue going forward yeah, 100%. I mean, you have some really, really tough matchups left. I mean, next week, yeah. right, we'll see what happens uh, against the 49ers. I mean, they pretty much have Brandon Ayuk, who is fine. You know, we'll yeah. see if they have Debo, though, right? Because that's, a, right. that's the big a, a different animal, for sure. But, Very like, then, different. you know, you go up against the Chiefs, like, obviously, that's going to be a huge test going up against Patrick Mahomes and whoever he's throwing it to, right? Yeah. And then you have, you know, teams like the Dolphins, where you get Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So, we're going to find out, you know. I am selling it for now, too, but, like, there's nothing he could have done in this game to make me buy it after one game. That's the other no, part. That, that's that's, fair he, that's exactly him, right? right. You know, yeah. like, like he did literally everything. He had his best game of the season yeah. in this game. So, like, I was really, really impressed because it, even the passes that, you know, could have been caught would have been like ridiculous catches, right? Yeah. Like he was he made he it was hard. Tight. He was there, there was no separation pretty much the entire game from Michael Davis. You know what makes it better too, Daniel, is the fact that Asante Samuel Jr. is playing such high quality football right now. I mean, you yeah. could see the swagger, you feel it when you're watching him. It's like he's getting it. He's clicking. He he's definitely feeling himself out there, and that's that really takes some pressure off of Michael Davis too. It's just seeing the way that that kid's playing. Yeah, and I mean, I think to some degree, right, like the one of the best things that can happen kind of for this defense is their identity being built on those three dudes playing corner right now for them yeah. because all of them were excellent in this game, right? Yes. I mean, you talked about Asante Samuel Jr. Guess how many receptions he allowed in this game? It was zero. So, I mean, you can't really do much better than that. Two targets on 27 snaps. They just weren't zero. throwing the ball his way. Zero receptions allowed. Bryce Callahan has played so well, he wasn't even targeted in this game. I but love that it. I mean, and he's, you know, CB2. He's the, you know, second best, best corner on this sure. team. You can make the argument for either one of them. But he only played 13 snaps in this game. Obviously, that's a matchup dictated thing, right? Because you're playing against the Atlanta Falcons here. You had right. 13 coverage snaps, yeah. I should say. But Michael Davis had 27. Asante Samuel Jr. had 27. So, like, yeah. Michael Davis was true CB2, the guy that was on the field most with Asante Samuel Jr. And he definitely yep. passed the first test, which was a big one. But yeah. let's get to this, David. I have a buy or sell here because, I mean, the next two games for the Chargers are going to be crucial. They sit at a great spot right now at 5-3, five and three, but obviously you're only two weeks away from potentially being 5-5, five and five, which makes the buy or sell this. The Chargers should be ecstatic if they can just win one of their next two games against the 49ers and the Chiefs. 
yeah, I'm going to buy that. And, yeah. and, and, and it might not, you know, go over well with some of the Charger fans out there. But, hey, let's be realistic. I think Charger fans now. These are, these are two really tough matchups. And when you're going up against the San Francisco 49ers, they got a fantastic defensive line. They have just a slew of, of different offensive weapons there with Christian McCaffrey there. Uh, you know, the, the, George Kittle. Yeah, yeah George Knight, Kittle. Yeah, I mean, all their other running backs. Fantastic. Jimmy Jeff G. Wilson. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Jeff Wilson got traded, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, they still have a lot of weapons on, on offense and defense. And then the Chiefs, you know, they're just a team that's really, really hard to put away. The Chargers play them very, very close, but they just, you know, they just don't go away. I mean, that's a really, really hard football team to beat. So if the Chargers leave this stretch, which is arguably one of the most difficult that they're going to face the rest of the season, getting one of these two victories, uh, I think it would be a big, big boon for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now you're eight games in, right? If you can go one and one in the next two games you put yourself at six and four right that leaves you with seven games for the rest of the season you have to go four and three to make it to 10 wins which we're thinking gets you into the playoffs yeah if you go oh and two in the next two games it's not a total death sentence but if you do go oh and two you will have to go five and two the rest of the way to get to 10 wins yeah right because you'll be five and five seven games left you'll have to go five and two that's a tough thing to have to you know kind of put yourself there yeah and the other thing is, like you talked about who they're playing. I mean, that's a huge part of it. The other part of it is the Chargers and who they have to play for. Right, them, right? Exactly. Because the, the, yes. we just don't see the Chargers making any significant strides. Joey Bosa is probably not going to be back in the next two weeks, right? Yeah. Keenan no. Allen, who knows? Mike Williams, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Like, we don't have anything that would tell us right now for sure that those guys are going to play in either of the next two games, which changes everything. Of course, yeah. those are oh, big-time players. It's yes. one thing to, you know, have that offensive performance and put up 20 against you know, one of the worst defenses in the league against the Falcons. You got real good defenses and real good offenses coming up on the slate. So if you can yeah. go one and one, you have to be ecstatic with that. Because if you go yeah. 0 and 2, you got to go 5 and 2 against the Cardinals, Raiders, Dolphins, Titans, Colts, Rams, and Broncos. I mean, 5 and 2, and I think there's at least three of those games that scare me right now. So, I mean, that it doesn't feel great. It's possible, but like the Dolphins are going to be a really tough matchup. They're a better yeah. team than the Chargers right Definitely now. Definitely tough. For sure. Yeah. The Titans. They're going to be a really tough matchup as the, you know, the chiefs just found out. I mean, barely won in overtime against them. Yeah. It's going to be really tough. If they can just steal one of these, these are two of at least the hardest four games on their schedule. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, this, is a, yeah. this is a tough pair. hundred percent. Cause then you get the Cardinals and the Raiders after that. And obviously that's a big drop off from the yeah, chiefs and the 49ers the are, are horrible right now. Yeah. But, and I'm not going to yeah, totally write the chargers out this week against the 49ers and they always play the chiefs tough. So just, Find a way to finish out one of those games with the amount of injuries you have. I think yeah, it would good. be huge because the Chargers aren't a team that blows people out, David. So this is the last buy or sell day. The Chargers will not blow out a team in 2022. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to buy it. And, and, and it sucks <laughs> because I would love absolutely love to be able to sit here with you and record a show about the Chargers destroying a team and being a laugher and being over at halftime. That's just not going to happen. Unfortunately, that's just not the way the Chargers play football. They are going to keep it close. They start slow. They lull in the middle. They finish strong. They just don't have consistently strong, powerful performances from beginning to end. If that was if that was the case, then they wouldn't be the Chargers. So no, unfortunately, I I don't I don't expect to see any kind of real significant blowout at any point this season. So their biggest win right now is 10 points against the Texans, right? 
The other four wins that they have are a combined 13 points, right, is the differential on their other four wins besides that 10-point Texans. Wow. You know the Texans are bad, right? Yeah. Last year, they had three blowouts, I would say. Giants game, it was 16 points, but it was a lot further than that before they kind of had some garbage time stuff. They beat the Bengals by 19. They beat the Broncos by 21. Like, yeah. I don't see it happening right now this year with the injuries. You know, maybe I'll feel differently if the Chargers kind of can, if they can find a way to start clicking offensively, because it didn't seem like they were very far off from having a much better offense performance, even in this last game, which they should have against that defense. But at the same time, if they can start clicking and then start getting some of these guys back and, and, you know, showing they can win even without them and just kind of adding guys into a team that's already running well, maybe we'll have a different conversation right now. I can't see it. So I'm definitely selling that for right now, but Tomorrow is on you guys because tomorrow we're getting into our Chargers mailbag. So if you guys want to get your questions in for that, make sure to hit us up at Lockdown LAC. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and put your question in the YouTube comments. We get some from there. Or you can call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. Locked On Sports today is one of those things that I love because it's getting a little bit from everything, the biggest stories from around the sports world. Kind of like what Sports Center used to be. And now you can get that with all of the great local experts that Locked On brings to the table, including us sometimes, I should say. You can find that every day wherever you get your podcast from. For us, you can also find our show wherever you get your podcast from and on all of our social media. You can hit us up at Locked On LAC on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD. If you guys are trying to get your questions in, David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open, as always. You can always find us as well on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. We appreciate you guys checking out the show today. We will be back with you guys with our Chargers mail back tomorrow, so make sure you guys get your questions out there, and we will answer them on tomorrow's show. Until then, take it easy, and go Bulls.